0: So speak, you're invited here to speak. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, we are uh, continuing this series called Focused, and the point of this series is to figure out the lenses by which we view life, and uh, more than that, to be able to say, God, what is the perspective you want us to have as we're looking forward, as we're moving forward into 2019 and beginning this new journey into a new year, what are you wanting us to um, accomplish? And of course, with that, uh, with a new year come, no less than 10,000 new decisions that we have to make. And the truth is, none of us, no one wants to make shaky decisions. No one wants to go through life Uh, Worried about the decisions we're making or feeling like we're on shaky ground. And so one of those kind of core things that uh, the human spirit craves is to have confidence. We wanna have confidence. We wanna be confident about where we're going. We wanna be confident about the decisions we make. We wanna be confident about the days ahead. But so often we don't feel that way. And I just wanna talk, I I feel like this morning, I I think the Word wants to highlight this issue of confidence. Now, confidence is a, Really, really, really significant issue, and I know this because uh, if you ever, so if you ever watch uh, or listen to the greatest athletes, all right, so if you've ever watched an interview with Michael Jordan uh, or Tom Brady, and I even hate to say that, I'm like, that's gross, that's gross, i do not to say that. I hate that, it's awful, so, okay. Oh all one of the Red Sox fans in here, or I mean the Patriots fans like, here. Um, but if you watch these interviews with these guys, uh, there's one thing that comes across all the time. You look at them and you go, you are so arrogant. <laughs> that's what you think, right? Or actually, that's what you want to say about them, but what's really happening is every time they open their mouths, they speak with this supreme confidence because, the, because this is the deal every time they get on the field or on the court or whatever their playing surface is, every time, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they believe this one thing. They are the best player on the field, period. They believe it. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And there is no question that that has a massive bearing on the fact that they actually are the greatest person on the field. Now, I can identify with this because when I played in high school basketball, (laughs) I played for a private, a 1A private school, and we graduate, my graduating class was 21 people. So our basketball team was not good, okay? (laughs) But I want to tell you something. I came, I actually transferred from a really large 5A high school. Uh, I transferred from a large 5A high school. And so when I came, I transferred into this tiny uh, Christian private school. When I transferred in, something transferred, what what I thought is, listen, I'm the big dog coming from 5A high school. I'm the greatest player in this school, all right? (laughs) And here's the thing, I believed it. And guess what? I played amazing. Now, I became a legend. All right? At least in my mind, I was a legend. All right? I was so good. But something actually shifted. And you know what the difference was? Confidence. There's inner confidence, believe. I, let me tell you, I did not, there was nothing that changed about my game. All right? I was a slow white boy. That's what I was, okay? That's all, that's all I had, all right? But I believed that I was the best, and it changed the way I played. Confidence, so confidence in the, if you will, in the inner man is a game changer. It's everything. God actually has something to say about confidence, and what he's gonna say is, listen, this confidence is an important thing, but it's not about you. It's confidence in me. That's what God's going to say. It's about confidence. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter ten. Hebrews chapter ten, and the writer is going to say this, and he's going to make an expectation of every one of us, of the reader, of the church. And here's what he's going to say. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter ten, verse. We're going to start in verse nineteen. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have. Confidence. Confidence for what? To enter the holy places by the blood is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, pause. Now let me just, I wanna pause here before we get to the good stuff. Well, that actually was really good stuff and then we get to other stuff. It's all good stuff. Here's what he's gonna say. He's gonna look at every one of us and he's gonna say, listen, since you and I have confidence. Now, what he's doing is he's going to project, he's saying, because you have confidence. But he's going to point, so you're going, well, I, you, literally, you go, I, I don't feel confident. I got, some, I got some issues going on in life. And he's going, no, no, no. Since you have confidence in God. Now, here's what he's gonna say. Here's, there, he's gonna give us a few things, and here's what he's gonna say. You can have, you have confidence. You've got confidence in a few things. That is this first, what, and what it says here is it's kind of a you know highly poetic language. Confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Uh, that is a that is a, a a church way to say this. Since you have confidence to come near to God, because Jesus Christ has done the work for you. What he's saying is this: What Jesus Christ did is he went to the cross took all your broken garbage on himself, took it into the grave, and then he came out alive, victorious, and he shares that life with you. So he's saying this. Since we can have confidence in what Jesus has done for us, and the beauty is this. There's not one person in this room, I don't care how bad your life has been, I don't care how bad a mistake you have made, because of what Jesus Christ has done, you and I have new confidence. And what he's saying, what he's saying is we want to prevail upon what God has done in our lives. So since we have confidence to come near to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now listen. And we can have confidence in God because of what look what he says: by new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain. So here's what he said, he's what he's saying. He's given you a new life. So if you come in here and you call upon the name of Jesus and say, I'm broken, I don't have my life figured out, I can see that I cannot do this thing alone, I need you, then what he does is he totally gives you his purity, holiness, life, glory, power, and then he says, you're a totally new person. So he says new and living way, he says, you're a total new creation. So you have confidence, not because of your track record in the past, but because of the powerful work of God. So you have confidence because you've been made new. Here's the here's what it means. It means this. I live life confidently because I know that when God looks at me, he sees the majesty of his son. Okay? This is what the writer's saying. We come in confidence not because of our yesterday. We come in confidence because when God looks at me, he sees the future majesty, glory of his son in us. Jesus Christ fully alive, sitting at the right hand of the father and just gladly giving us himself. This is, this is, that was, so when it talks about the curtain that was torn, what happened is we were separated from God. And when Christ died, A curtain, literally, a curtain was literally torn, but metaphorically speaking, it opened the door for us to come right into the presence of God. Okay, this is what's happening. The only way we, none of us can do that except for we come in under the covering of the purity of Jesus, his perfect life. And it's a game changer because now we all have a new life. What that means is old Keith is gone as good as my high school basketball experience was, it's just gone. And the life that I'm living right now is this, Christ in me, hope of glory. This is the life that I have now. My life is an expression of God. My life is the expression of who Jesus is. This is what my life is now. So I've been given a new life, and then, and then look at this. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, the point of, uh, the, the word priest means this. You and I have a perfect advocate all the time. We have someone, when you come before Jesus and you give him your life and say, not my life, but yours. I want you to have all my broken stuff. I want to have all your power, life, and glory. When you make that exchange Here's what you get. You get the best friend, closest ally, and a great advocate who stands before you 24-7. And let me tell you why that's important. Because every one of us has those days where we feel like garbage. We've fallen short. We mess up. We're not living in the new life. In fact, it feels like we're living more in the old life than we are in the new life. We feel frustrated, we feel disappointed, we feel shame, we feel guilt over the brokenness that we're wrestling through. We feel all of the weight of that. And what Jesus is, is the great high priest, meaning this, he's the one who advocates to us before the Father. So when the enemy comes and says, you How could you do that for the 10 billionth time? Are you going to always have this struggle? Are you going to always fail this way when those whispers start happening in our ears? And I know you've heard those whispers before. Jesus Christ comes in and says, Father, receive my, receive my friend. Receive the goodness of my friend because I cover, I stand before him in righteousness and I go before him. We have an advocate. We have one who stands. We have a friend who will literally never backstab you, okay? We have a friend who will never turn on you. We have a covering that will never leave you. This is what we have. So when we start talking about confidence, it's less about our ability to live Greatly, rightly, perfectly. It's more about coming before God and saying, "God, give me all that you are and all that you have, and let me live from that place." Those are two totally different things. Listen to me. <clears throat> God has called you and I to do great things. If you as sure as you take breath into your lungs right now, as sure as you are breathing in this room, you were made by God for a purpose. You have purpose. You have calling. You have purpose on your life. Every one of you. God has more for you than you could possibly imagine. But that that whatever we're supposed to step into. In whatever ways we're supposed to make an impact in the lives of people, in whatever ways we're supposed to magnify or reflect the glory and the goodness of God, in whatever ways we're supposed to help and serve and lead, in whatever ways we're supposed to do that, it was never going to come out of, man, I finally feel like I've got my stuff together. It was never going to come in a self-confidence. It was always going to come by coming before the advocate and saying, for me, Lord, for your namesake and glory, make me like you. Change me from the inside out. Give me the ability to make a difference even though I feel like I'm a mess on the inside. This is the power of the gospel. When you hear the word gospel, this is the power of the gospel. God gives you all of himself. That's the gospel. God is the gospel. You want know, to sum up the whole gospel in one word? God. He's the gospel. He's the good news. He's the one that gives us life. He's ready, He wants to make that exchange so that the confidence we walk in. You're going to come out. of Listen, we're going to walk out of here. Calm. In fact, when you leave this place, I kind of want you just walking like, like, what up, man? All right, that's what I want to see. Everybody just strutting, okay? I want to see you strutting not because you have done anything, but because God has done everything and he's given it to you. So therefore, you have everything. This is what it means to follow God. This is what it means to be in relationship with him. This is what it means to walk out. If you want to live confidently in 2019, it will not be based on your circumstances because they are going to go like this. It will be based on a powerful, 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 powerful God who is able. This is what he wants. Okay. So here's what he's saying. The therefore in verse 19 is leading up to something. Anytime you see therefore, it, this, this is, he's leading you into something. There's three things that he's going to say to us because of this confidence that we have. Because of this confidence. And I love these things that he shares with us. Verse uh, 20, so, so we'll just back up. And so, okay, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, so we enter confidence, we enter, we come near by the new life that he's given to us. Verse 22, then let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil con- conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. All right, so here's, this is literally step one. Step one is this. Because of all that God has accomplished, let us draw near first to God. So listen to me. The most important thing about you is whether or not in light of what God has done is how gutsy, you are in being willing to come right into the presence of God. What he says here is draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Meaning this, God's asking asking us to approach him in boldness. He's asking us in full assurance, by the way, it's by faith of faith, come near to God, unashamed, undeterred, fully by faith, coming near to him, draw near, Is the writer's saying, let us, draw near, come in, you need, if you need refreshment, if you just, if you're soul feels gross and yucky and you need to be refreshed, come right in. If you need assurance, you're struggling with doubt or worry or anxiety, come in. If you, you go and every day you show up at work to a really cranky, angry, unkind boss, then at the end of the day, come in and get the kindness of God. It's not, it, listen, to, we're not talking about a cloud concept. What I'm talking about is a God who's able to speak. You find yourself in a turbulent place. You draw near to get peace from the peace that comes in God. Whatever it is that you need. In fact, uh, often, you know, I think there's maybe a misnomer that when we come to God is, you know, because we're really messed up and we don't have our stuff together and we failed for the hundredth time, it feels like, and we just can't get our stuff together. We feel like when we come to God in need, we come like, you know, little puppies, like hanging our head, okay? And what this scripture is indicating is that God is saying, come near in confidence with full assurance, meaning head up, chest out, and and believing that this, that what we're about to do in coming near to God is an act of worship. Your need, your shortcoming, my shortcomings, are currency for the grace of God. Amen. I love, I love Isaiah. I love, uh, there's a scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah says he goes. He says, "Come, you who have nothing, come and buy and eat, drink from." This is it literally saying literally? You come to God with your emptiness. And your emptiness, my emptiness, is currency for the grace, mercy, and power of God over our lives. Another scripture puts it this way. In your weakness, God is made strong. God's power is perfected in our weakness. So when we bring weak stuff or when we feel like we've fallen short or we find ourselves uh, wrestling through the difficulties or the uncertainties of life, that coming, drawing near to God with full assurance by faith, and the full assurance of faith is an act of worship. Saying, "God, I, I need you to restore peace. I need you to restore dignity. I feel beat up. I don't feel. I don't feel any worth or value. I'm coming to you for my worth and value. I'm coming to you for <clears throat> energy, joy, excitement, life. I'm coming." To you, I love this, so with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, bodies washed with pure water, and even uh, even as I was studying this these verses there 's two two different thoughts here but this, but either one it 's talking about baptism or it 's talking about the, the the power the filling of, of the spirit of God, right this idea the of being washed with pure water. Either way, I'm going to tell you. I don't know which one. Either way, what it means is this: He's like, what you're leaning on is the what you have remembered God having done for you in Himself. Right? If you, if you know what baptism baptism is is being able to proclaim and just say, "Listen, I'm I'm leaning not on my life. I'm going into the grave with Jesus, and I'm coming out alive, victorious." Right. That's the point. And if you have not been baptized, I want to encourage you, email me, let's talk about it. If you've not been baptized, it's a, it's a powerful way just to declare, in fact, it's, it's of course, a, a command over our lives. But if you've not been baptized, it's a powerful way to anchor down in your soul that, listen, I don't live anymore. I've gone into the grave. i come out alive, victorious in Christ. So, so from there, here's what he says. Let's look at verse 23. So it says, let us draw near. And then look at what he says. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast. So here's the picture. When you draw near to God, what do you do? You grab hold of him with everything that you've got. Everything is, and you don't let You come before him, you're the most important thing. This is literally the picture. Now, uh, there's a video that kind of went viral, I'd say maybe in the last, I don't know, few weeks, a month or so. And uh, it gives, to the best of my knowledge, it gives just a kind of a picture of what it means to hold fast. I wanna show this video to you. Now, if you are afraid of heights, it's possible you don't wanna watch this video, okay? If you did not wear deodorant, This morning, it's possible you do not want to watch this video, okay? But I want you to see a picture of what it means to hold fast. Take a look. Run? Yes. 3, 2, 1, go! Run, 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 run! How many of you feel like it, it went like 10 degrees hotter in this room? Anybody sweating? Feel that a little bit? A little bit? All right. When the Bible says hold fast on, <laughs> with full hope in God, what it means is you put an imprint in the metal frame and you don't let go. Let me tell you this. God is not a negligent hang gliding pilot. All right? So I don't want to communicate that. All right. What I do want to communicate is this. Even if it takes ripping some muscles and tendons, you hold on to God with everything you've got. See, when the author is saying, when the author is looking at us and saying, let us hold fast, what he's communicating is the heart of God. He's communicating, he's communicating what God wants from us in him. Meaning this, Jesus didn't go to the cross so we might dangle in a a lack of confidence and brokenness for all life. Jesus came so that we could hold on to him with all we have. He came so that we might be able to anchor ourselves in him, to put our hands on him and say, God, I'm not letting go. If my life, if I'm struggling, if I don't have it all figured out, I know this, I'm holding on to you because you do. You're the only place I have to go. You're the only place I have to go for life or joy or for comfort. This is what God is declaring over us. I'm not letting go. I'm not dangling by a thread. I'm not going to go anywhere. I have too much invested, too much in God to let go. And this is the cry of the author to us. But here's what he says, and I want you to hear this final encouragement, and then we're going to finish in worship. Let us, and let, sorry, let, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you say, see the day drawing near. So here, I love this progression. I want you to hear this. Here's what it's saying. Draw near to God when we draw near hold fast to him and then here's what it says and then let us come together in community stirring each other up for what God wants to do in our lives I I, I love this picture because here's what he's going to say you were meant to hold fast to God but we were meant to hold fast to each other Do all the, you, you run after God, asking God to do powerful works, change, transformation, move in us. But we were not meant to do this life alone. Amen. And he's looking at and he's saying. And I, by the way, I love that all three of these encouragement. Here's what he say. He says, "Let us, not let you, not let me, let us." This process of drawing near to God, of holding on to him and coming to, this was all meant to be done in community. It was meant to be done where we're lifting each other up and speaking life over each other. It was meant to be done. It says don't stop stirring each other up. Meaning you you need, here's what I say, you need someone, you need people in your life that are calling up the best in you. So stirring you up to love and good deeds, stirring you up for what God has designed you for, not neglecting to meet together. What he says, by the way, many people have stopped doing this. They're not coming together. You think we advocate for, coming here, we advocate for small groups. I'm telling you, we do all of that because the Bible, God's word is so clear. You were not meant to do this life alone. You were meant to have a, a, a group of people that you were walking with, living life in and among each other, speaking words of encouragement. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us stir one another up. Let's do this thing together. I love, by the way, I love the picture of the, the term let us, because it reminds me Genesis chapter 1. Where God says, let us make man in our image. If you ever remember that, but if you go to Genesis chapter one, you get the encouragement. Let us make man in our image. Meaning this God has eternally existed in community. There's always been the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When God designed us, when He designed you and me, when He designed mankind, He did it in the context of community always, eternally. And so I, I think this, import, this, this issue is critical. God is calling, asking for each one of us to consider how we can become a part of a life-giving body to stir each other up. Can't do it alone. If you're doing this life alone, this is the encouragement from the word to come together. Be a part of a family. Is you, you can take some time to church shop for a while, but you need to find a group of people that you wanna be a part of. You need to find a group of people to walk in life with. This is what God wants to do. You guys, uh, you guys stand with us. The, our, our worship team's gonna come up. Just, just for clarity, is there something crazy going on outside? There's a little car wreck? little, little fender bender? Okay, it's awesome. We're, we're, we're putting shades up like next week. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, let us stir each other up. You're like, we're trying to go help the guy that just got in a wreck. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna take a moment um, just to engage and if you, as best you can, set your eyes, set your heart, set your mind on him. And, and I want us just to begin to consider these things. What it means... What does it mean to draw near to God? What does it mean to hold fast to him? What does it mean to stir each other up and ask him? So that as we sing songs, we're asking God to stir in our soul. Lord, what are you calling me to? How can I stir my soul for the things that you have? How can I connect with you? How can I draw near? How can I... Hold fast to you. God, would you give me grace? In fact, that might even be a prayer as you're singing these songs. God, help me hold fast. Help me hold on to you like it were life and death. No matter what may come, I'm holding on to you. God, I'm I, I asking right now, would you give us grace? Jeremy, Jeremy's here. Okay, good. I was like, just turn around to my, my worship leader. It's good. It's good. You, good? you got this? He does it all. Sound guy. Oh, sound guy. Yeah, that's good. Come on. Love these days. One, we just pray grace over whatever's taking place over there. God, your goodness, protection, mercy, healing, kindness. Father, I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, every one of us, there's a challenge internally with wanting to be self-reliant or, or choosing to hold fast to you. now there's a challenge between wanting to be isolated because we feel alone or broken or we feel weird. Or and There's a call from you to come in, be known. Or there's this call on each one of us to draw near to you. You're asking us to take a step and the promise from your word is this that everyone who is willing to knock at the door, you always open and answer. That's what your word says. So God, for any in this moment that are willing just to approach you and, and speak to you and ask, God, I'm asking right now, would you faithfully answer a cry of our heart to come near? Would you come and bring, some of you need the peace of God to come and wash over you. Some of you need kindness of God to wash over you. Some of you have felt left alone or you felt left in a lurch and you need to come and know that you've got an advocate who comes with you who never leaves, never forsakes, is always speaking, declaring, calling. God is ready to answer the cries of our heart if we're willing to draw near to him. God, would you do that now?